you get around people who are creative, you will start creating. Fast with creativity, I don't believe creativity is a feeling. You know, I don't have to feel creative. Creativity is actually inside of me. I get to access whenever you I want it. Jump, you're ready now. Jump, the sky's the limit. Jump, jump, jump. Leave it all behind and jump. Just go for it. Jump, if you can dream it. Jump, jump, jump. Together we can do all things. Hey guys, welcome to Jump One More Time. And today I have this tremendous guest, Elliot Schweiger. And he is talking with us from Virginia. And uh, one of my very dear best friends, Julie Farino, she introduced me to Elliot. And I know I said, I asked Julie, you know, do you know anyone that I think I should interview, bring to the Jump podcast? And Julie said, for sure, there's one person that I know will be incredible it's Elliot so I'm excited to have you here welcome thank you so much it's good to be here (laughs) I love inspire stories I think the stories heal us I think the stories teach us and really like does something inside of us that really can deeply change us and I would like to invite you, Elliot, to take us back to your story. Can you share with us your story? Well, thank you so much, Rebecca, first of all, for having me. Uh, I love your podcast. I've uh, been anticipating this, listening to everyone. You have an amazing people on your podcast, and it's an honor to be here. Um, so, yeah, let me see. Where should I start? I guess. Um, you know, I, uh, I grew up most of my life in Ukraine. So, um, you know, I actually was born in a little country in Europe called Moldova. But I grew, uh, I grew up in Ukraine at a young age. I had to uh, move with my dad. My mom passed away at a young age and I had to move to Ukraine. And uh, I spent um, in Ukraine about 16 years of my life and, and um, you know, unfortunately my father passed away shortly after we arrived in Ukraine and uh, my sister and I uh, uh, ended up homeless, ended up uh, on the street for a while and just surviving. And we ended up at an age of seven. Uh, I was seven and my sister was nine um, uh, in an orphanage. So, um, I spent 10 years in an orphanage and, uh, you know, and that was, that was kind of my life, to be honest. Uh, when I got to the orphan, orphanage, you know, I was really happy. You know, it sounds strange, but I was really happy because, of course, what is the alternative? It was street. So, and um, the little, little fun uh, fact about me, uh, you know, I... Uh, I, my dad is actually a gypsy. So uh, for those of you who, for your listeners don't know what gypsy is, gypsy, the word gypsy literally means a person without a country. And it's actually uh, 
a culture, uh, part of the uh, culture in this group of people. It's not actual ethnicity. A lot of people think it's ethnicity, but it's actually not. It's just a culture. Anyways, so um, uh, gypsy culture is known for their create creativity. They they're musical. They sing. They uh, paint. They create. Uh, there's lots of colors in 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 uh, in that uh, traditional clo- clothing that to this day they wear. Uh, so a lot of creativity. Um, so yeah. Um, you know, one 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 fun part about gypsy culture is that they even attract their their future husbands and wives by the way they dance. Wow! Yeah, so I would not uh, imagine myself <laughs> doing that. My husband would be like, "This is not attractive." <laughs> well, you know, I did have to. I actually did have to. I didn't grow up in it. Uh, you know, at a young age, I went to the orphanage, so. Uh, that was, you know, my sister, although sister little bit grew up in it, but I didn't, uh, you know, I got to the orphanage and uh, something that I was, uh, I had a talent of singing, you know, and uh, I ended up diving in into all the creative uh, kind of life. Uh, my orphanage was specialized specifically in creativity. Oh, and wow. so, so that was a special... Kind of, uh, they send kids uh, before you go to the orphanage in Ukraine. They evaluate you, and they send you to different orphanages. My orphanage was specifically for creative people. So, um, I was in a choir that was uh, uh, internationally known, you know, all over Europe, uh, which is, was from my orphanage. Every year we had to defend the title, uh, you know, and um, and then I, w- I had a solo career that I was going and performing uh, all over Ukraine, you know, and and, and in competitions and, um, you know, my sister as well, that was, that was uh, same thing, you know, she was super talented. So do you felt, uh, we're going to go back and talk about a little bit about how do you navigate in your feelings? Because as being adopted and myself Mm -hmm. and, but I was never, in the streets, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's it touches me beyond words because I kind of get it, but not fully get it because it's still mm-hmm. different. How do you navigate in your inside of you being a child and have no one look up to you, like no one truly providing to you or giving you direction? How do you navigate that in your heart today? Yeah, you know, and that brings me, I mean, obviously, that brings me to a point now. Today, you know, I'm in a different spot. I'm adopted, you know, and for me, uh, you know, I live uh, to Jesus. So, um, you know, I realize that in the, now I realize that in the middle of even darkest hours of my life and i've experienced things at very young age that i don't wish on my enemies but i realized that there was uh, someone with me always beside me and that was jesus you know and so uh that's the way i navigate you know uh i my um you know i don't have um 
bitterness even towards the people who may have done things to me or, you know, because my faith has, you know, uh, set me free from that. And so you felt the redemption, there was like a redemption in you that you felt like it's okay. You, it's yeah, yeah. And redemption and with my family as well. My family definitely, my, my adopted family created redemption story you know and and uh in my life you know there was a moment you know uh, just an example where my i was you know at my house and my mom made making food for us and she made this beautiful dinner and i hide the food in order to have it for later because see i was an orphan i got adopted but i was inside still orphan you know, and my parents had to teach me, like, and there's a journey of consistency with them that, hey, you will always have more than enough. Like, we have enough. And if, and if, you know, if we eat this whole food that we made, we'll go make more, you know? So, and that created a healing process for me, you know, because when you growing up have never enough, you know, and that's the orphan mentality. You have never enough. And the reality is people can have millions of dollars and still have an orphan spirit. I'm never enough. Wow. You know, so that kind of changed everything for me. You know, when I realized that there is enough, there are more than enough, and I am enough. Oh, this is so good. This is so good because you, what you're sharing is such a revelation. It's such a deeply think that says people still can struggle with the orphan mentality even though they have enough yeah they still yeah. Have the fear of the future what if what if yeah. but when when was that you were adopted how old are you so i was actually i'm i'm 28 now i was adopted at six uh, at 16 i was actually 15 and I was adopted a week before I turned 16. In America, you're not allowed to be adopted at 16 years old. Uh, and it was by the grace of God that, you know, my parents just, things just came out where they'd be able to, at the last minute, adopt me, you know? And wow. uh, that was also a, a healing journey for me because my parents fought for me, you know? I, my case wasn't easy. Uh, case, you know, and they just fought for me, and I knew uh, that this is my family, you know, because family fights for each other. So that's the that's the kind of the healing journey that that started there, because there was moments where I was like, I'm not gonna be adopted because it was so impossible, you know. So, but yeah, <laughs> um. I don't know if you know that I had a, I interviewed this woman named Amira that she mm. lived in an orphanage until 14. She got adopted yeah. and she's one of the artists that work at our studio and she's incredible. Wow. She wow. had the same struggles of, she didn't even know she could get clean clothes next day and small things like that. And she had it to like, her family had to be like, it's okay. You know, you will have, a, you, it's okay to change your clothes. And you see her today. She's absolutely joyful and an incredible talent artist. But that that thing about 
having a family that comes and says, no, we're going to believe in you. you you're going to be who you, God created you to be. Yeah. She came into this podcast. She gave her interview. And it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It doesn't really matter, right, where you come from. Stories like ourselves. and But you can decide inside of your heart to choose forgiveness and healing. And it's like a new chapter. It's like the beginning of the book might be a little sad, you know, but it's a new chapter. So where are you today? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, yeah, something that that I learned, you know, someone told me once, he said, you know, um, uh, uh, I had a moment with, with God where, you know, I was thinking about all of the stuff that happened to me. And it's so easy to look to your past, you know, and and even make some excuses, you know, for the way you feel, you know. But I just heard God speak to me, to my heart so clearly. He said, Elliot, your pain can be your platform or it can be your prison, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just chose chose to be a platform, you know? And uh, yeah, you know, uh, today uh, I, um, I am um, a, a pastor of the church, one of the uh, uh, pastors of the church. Uh, you know, I, uh, I am engaged to a, a beautiful woman uh, who loves Jesus who is super creative, probably one of the most creative humans I know, uh, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, you know, life is amazing. You know, I am uh, excited for the married life. <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, me, me and, her name is Sarah, Sarah Tyler. We, me and her uh, went on a journey of creativity and uh, passionate about it, you know, and yeah. That's exciting. So when you say like you guys are, you know, creating things, can you share like a little bit of like, what do you guys create a process? How do you guys do that together? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's amazing because like you heard, you know, I was in creative community all my life. Right. You know, I understood sometimes you part of, you're so creative that you don't even know necessarily, like you're just going through the motions. That's something that I do, right? You know, but when I start dating Sarah, uh, I realize uh, that I realize that that's something that I am, you know. And um, you know, one thing is like for a long time, you know, I was I'm in ministry and I'm traveling the world, you know, and I have this amazing things, you know, speak, my, my main thing, I'm speaking in front of people, you know, large groups of people and, uh, and it's amazing. But I was like, I don't want to be like, I'm not going to be creative, you know, because I didn't understood what creativity is. I started dating Sarah and uh, Sarah is this woman who plays multiple instruments, paints, like she's like, has this relationship with creativity and she speaks about creativity as a person. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? And, um, and me and her, as I started dating, I was like, I, I want to discover what is she talking about? What is she talking about, about this creative world, this creativity? And I realized that creativity is part of my inheritance because God is creator, 
you know, and, um, you know, how it started for me, she gave me a, a book, a poetry book. And in one setting, I read, I read a whole book. And I literally felt that I can only describe it, uh, uh, you know, um, is that I felt the presence of creativity, you know? And I knew that I can actually write something right now in that moment creative, you know? And, and I wrote my first poetry, you know? And I sent it to Sarah and she's like, oh my gosh, this is actually really excellent, you know? And from there on, it never stopped. One thing that I realized in my journey with creativity is that you get around people who are creative, you will start creating, you know? Because I believe, you know, me and Sarah, uh, we have uh, 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 a poetry uh, that we post our poetry, our uh, creative ideas and different things like that. And um, Sarah uh, had this encounter with her best friend where uh, she misspelled genius, you know? And her friend was making fun of her and she, and she heard herself saying that, well, genius isn't spelled correctly. And I realized, and as we start going on this journey, um, we start going, we realize that gen that every person has genius inside of them. Okay. And, um, and sometimes what we think genius is, is, is actually, uh, um, some, it's actually just a blanket statement that we think that fit in the box, but there's many more geniuses you know, in different shapes and sizes and uh, attributes and expressions, you know? Uh, so we start going on this journey. Uh, what is genius in every person looks like in creative world? And yeah, so for us, it looks like sometimes, you know, getting around each other, getting around creative community, you know? And almost, I believe that most things are caught than thought, you know? So uh, that was my journey with creativity, you know? And I believe as far as with creativity, I don't believe creativity is a feeling, you know? I don't have to feel creative. Creativity is actually inside of me. I get to access whenever you, I want it. I you know? love that, I love that. Somebody just putting words when I believe it. Because everybody's like, I'm having a block, I'm having a block. No, it's already inside of you. That's right. That's right. And, and I am all about, listen, I prefer to feel it. I prefer to have a, a great atmosphere. But like joy in my life, I get to access joy and creativity anytime. Uh, because the reality is, um, you know, I, I give it, uh, I, I can give you an example. Often in creative world, we think, it's this picture of we're diving in into the water and we hold a breath and we get and see what we can get in that moment as long as we can hold our breath and then we come out and we put it in, that's it. But the reality is we actually created to breathe underwater. Woo! You know, and, and, and so, you know, 
and and I I, did, I believe that if we realize that I believe that we will see actually the world change in every sphere of influence in business arena, you know, in our churches, in our in our schools, you know, because the reality is creativity has this universal thread, you know, and 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 I think every person needs to realize that they're creative. Unfortunately. We are indoctrinated from the young age in our schools that we are not creative, you know, and it has, it's empowered by shame, you know, and, and, and because, you know, that if you, if you make a mistake right away, they say, oh, you must not be creative. If you in the process of learning and discovering creativity, there's people coming like, oh, you must not creative. You know, and the shame comes in. And shame is the biggest enemy of creativity. You know, so that's why for me, when I start with uh, creating anything, I start with this. I am enough. That's so good. So. Oh, that is so good because a lot of, uh, you know, some of the people that create, they actually get like panic attack about releasing their creativities. Because it's attaching to shame. They're afraid that what if it's not good enough, then people would judge me and now feel the shame of it. You know, I love the way you put this. I absolutely love. I knew you were brilliant. (laughs) Ah, thank you. um, Wait a second. There's many, many books inside of you about different topics and creativity. But one thing I feel that you're really, really good at it. It's your sphere of leadership. I feel like you have this message and you have something to share on that topic. We're probably going to have to bring you back with Sarah again. Yes, that would be amazing. I want to deep dive in and I want to breathe underwater at this creative topic. But I want to ask you a thing about leadership because leadership in, in the creative life or leadership in life, you know, in life itself, right? you see you with the past that you had and living in America, how do you see you as a leader? How do you not, what is leadership for you? That's a great question. And I think to even finish the last thought and start with this thought, with this quote that I think will communicate this really well. One of my favorite quotes is by Rosa Park. And she said, without vision, people perish. Without courage, dreams die. And I think with with creativity, you need courage. And I think with leadership, you need courage. Okay? So for me, I mean, on leadership, um, man, I think... I think of, of leadership as influence. You're influencing people, you know? And one of the biggest thing is, uh, uh, I think that those with the most hope will have the most influence. Kaboots, drop the mic. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. I'll drop this Yeti. <laughs> drop this, drop the mic. That's right. That's right. No, it, it, it's true. In my, you know, 
in my years of leading people and being a leader and discovering, and I'm still in discovery and I'm seeking for wisdom and discovery. And I think, I think we have a lot of leaders who, uh, uh, here's the reality is I think people don't follow crowds or money. They follow courage and hope, you know? And I think, uh, you know, there is so much of that. You want to, to be a leader, you have to have a followers. Okay. If you don't have a followers, you're not leading anyone. Okay. So, but the reality is people follow those that actually uh, see the future, you know, who, who build the future, right. you know, uh, because we as people, we want to, we want a greater future. We want to, we want, we want hope, you know, and uh, I think we are in that DNA, we are moved by fear, you know, and fear is a bad motivator. Fear is a bad motivator, you know, um, because if you're motivated by fear, you'll have to keep people in fear to motivate them. Right. You know, and eventually the reality is eventually fear paralyzes. Right. And you become ineffective. Right. You know, so um, that's kind of my style of leadership. You know, I, I, I really believe that we need to have an empowering leadership. I believe that even in the corporate world, in business world, I think we need to come out out of, uh, um, out of a punishment culture, you know, to a discipline culture, you know, punish, there's a difference between punishment and discipline. Punishment says, hey, you are wrong, you are wrong. It's connected to a, your identity, you are a failure. Right. Discipline said you made a mistake and, and you get to clean up that mistake you know i tell people in my people that i lead i said listen i want you to take risk and make mistakes but if you make a mistake you have a responsibility to if you make a mess you have a responsibility to clean up your mess okay so i i um just in my, my mentor um uh, you know, her name is Haley. She, she told me something once that impacted my life and brought me a lot of freedom. She said, Elliot, you know, I was in a position that I was uncomfortable very much, was not my main giftings, but she put me in that position on purpose. And I was, she could see I was afraid, I was uncomfortable, I didn't want to do it, I didn't want to hurt people. And she said, she said this to me, she said, Elliot, I'd rather your grass grow and, you know, and me coming behind you and mow the grass than for your grass not to grow at all, wow. you know? And that brings me to a final kind of thought on, on this is with the leadership is I very much believe that we need to, um, if we want a successful leadership culture, uh, in our in any environment, church environment, business environment, corporate environment, is we need to transition from corporate leadership to what I call fatherhood leadership. Our generation longs to belong. You know, our generation longs to uh, 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 to belong to a family. You know, and and we see it now. There's corporations now um, that are catching this. 
there's, you know, that's what they create in unlimited uh, vacation time. You can work from home seven days a week as long as you get your work done. Why? Because they communicate, hey, you belong to a family. And if you're part of the family, you're actually responsible for this family to succeed. Right. And if you have that mindset, you're not going to. And what they found out is that they actually, people take less vacation when you have a limited vacation than when you give two weeks of vacation a year. Right. Because the horrors behind it is different. Oh, wow. That's a style of leadership. I, I want to say this to you. I'm okay. going to buy all your books. <laughs> and I, I want to have enough money to buy to give them away as a gift. And I'll help yeah. promote your books because they're going to be, they're going to be good. Thank you so I much. Ready. I am. The world is ready. I'm Thank you so much. There's so much knowledge. There's so much incredible, deeply, revelation as we talk yeah like, i don't know it's like it's hard to even stop but, uh, i hear that it's good thank you but, so much no it's amazing but you mentioned different quotes different but what is the one quote right now that is like leaping in your heart jump into your heart and say this is really it's in my mind at this season of my life what is it Oh, the quote that I've been meditating really on is by Winston Churchill, and it's, uh, the history will be kind to me for I intended to write it. Say it again. The history will be kind to me for I intended to write it. Oh, jump the yachty. <laughs> yes. It is so good. Yes. Yeah, it's been, uh, It's definitely been a, you know, we, uh, in, in this season of my life, I am extremely busy, uh, you know, um, just all of these things coming against me. And it feels like sometimes that life happening to me instead of me happening to life. Right. You know, and uh, I love, you know, one of the things that I think that if we're going to have any impact in the world, if we... Uh, going to be great leaders. If we, we have to have high level of belief that we in the right place at the right time, um, you know, and we were born for such a time as this. And that's what Winston Churchill, and if you study his history, he stood on the rooftops as a German, a German Nazi were bombing Britain and he would be screaming this, this. History will be kind to me for I intended to write it. You can't kill me. I have a purpose, you know? And, um, and I think I'm just in a season of learning that, uh, you know, I can, be, I can be history teller or history maker of my life, you know? So, uh, and I think it's a conscious choice that you make. It's not a magical thing that happens. It's a choice that you make. Yes, yes. Every day. Yes, yes. You tell you tell people, I'm writing it. People will know, listen, people will know the stories that you lived because you are writing them and you want, yes. the, you want the stories to be really good. Yes, 
Yes. What happened is when somebody is really mean to me, mm -hmm. I always say thank you because actually you're making the chapter really good. <laughs> yes. When, yes. when I say like, okay, I had, if I had somebody saying, you know, you are, um, I had, a, I had a separate racism growing up in Brazil because my family was white and I was a little brown, as you notice, you know. Yeah. And people would be like, you are this and this and that. And, and to me, it's like, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Because you're giving me a voice to tell people that they are perfect for what they are created for. And that right. there's nothing wrong with me. And there's nothing wrong with you. So thank you for giving me a really good chapter to write about. <laughs> that is true. And it's so isn't it true that it's so amazing because I think if we grasp what you just communicated, Rebecca, is that you're saying to people, you'll never have that, you'll never control my love, my trust. You know, you don't have that much power over me. Because it would be easy for me now to mistrust people, to be bitter at people, to uh, be hopeless. And you say, no, you actually don't have that much power over me. Right. You know? And uh, I, I'm, the, I'm in control of my hope, and I'm in charge of my heart, and I'm in charge of my love. You know? And you don't have that much power in my life. That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. I had a feeling this interview was going to be amazing, but was beyond amazing. Ah, uh, thank oh, you so much. You want to listen to this? You have to listen to this one time, twice. You have to listen to this many, many times. And you have to still write me a message on Instagram and say, bring him back. Okay? Ah, uh, thank because you. Because there's so much, there's so much knowledge in this for life. Now, mm. where can people find you, Elliot? So, yes, you can find me uh, at GNS, GNS official dot us. That's my Instagram and Sarah's Instagram account. And from there, you can you will see all the information, our blog and Facebook and everything. But the best way to see our stuff are, uh, uh, you know, our, we do leadership relationship, poetry, creative writing stuff. Uh, and that's at, G at gnsofficial.us. That's exciting. That's exciting. I have a lot of people that, as you're speaking, that I want you to know, that I want to introduce to you because I think that it's going to be a win-win situation of so many of them. So thank you for being here. This is awesome. I oh. am so privileged to get to actually see you. I heard many great things about you, but I get to see you, hear from you, and you have not just an amazing story, but you have an amazing future. And I'm excited to watch and see everything that you're going to do. And I will be right there ready with my car to buy the books and, uh. and the things that you're going to do as a creator, as a person, as a husband, as a father, and everything where God is going to place you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. It's so nice to meet you. And uh, I'm excited to hear this. And I hope this will uh, bless a lot of people. I'm sure it will. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you, Rebecca. Bye. 
History will be kind to me for I intended to write it.